Welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to have you along for this journey. My name is Ann Madison, and I'm the Executive Director of Peace Restored. I will be your host as we discuss mental health and faith in our podcast, Seeking Healing, Finding Hope, which is a production of Peace Restored, a 501c3 nonprofit located in Indiana and serving women everywhere. Today on our podcast, I have Becca back with me today, and so I'm grateful that you can join and we can continue the conversation on boundaries. Um, For those who uh, didn't listen to our last podcast, we talked about the first five laws of of boundaries. So do you mind reviewing those laws for our listeners? Yeah. So law one, the law of sowing and reaping. Law two, law of responsibility. Law three, the law of power or powerlessness. Mm -hmm. And then law four, the law of respect. And last, the law five was the law of motivation. Yeah, so there's a lot of good information that we learned about these different laws from the last time. Um, they're all super important as we learn how to interact and set good and healthy boundaries. So if you didn't get a chance to hear that podcast, we would encourage you to go back and listen to um, the last one on boundaries. Um, all of them have been really good in this series. We've This is our fourth um, podcast on yeah. the topic of boundaries. Uh, and so... I would encourage you actually to go back and listen to all four of them in order, but just to kind of get more more um, information, it would be good for you to go back and listen to those last five uh, laws. But today we're going to delve into the next five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this will be a good conversation as we um, learn more about what it means to have a law or you know what we need to do to set those boundaries. So the first law that we're going to jump into is law of evaluation. So that could sound a little complicated when you think about what does it mean to uh, the law of evaluation in relation to boundaries? Yeah, what am I evaluating? Yeah. Hmm. So um, what are some things that come up, do you think, that when, you, when you're thinking about um, evaluating a boundary, what are some things that people might want to consider? It's definitely good to keep in mind and to think about the boundary that you're going to be setting and evaluating the pain that that's going to cause somebody else on the other side of it. Mm. And then taking that a little further and then to sympathize with um, just realizing that it's going to cause them pain mm-hmm. and to be able to come alongside them in that, but still set yeah. your boundary. Yeah. Because when we set a boundary by nature, sometimes they do cause discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because we don't, we may not like the boundaries somebody sets around us or for us or towards us, I guess is another way to put it. And so sometimes there's discomfort in that. Yeah. And you might hurt somebody else's feelings by the boundary that you Mm -hmm. set. And so if you can be aware of that before you set the boundary Mm -hmm. and you still want to show that person you care about them, but... Yeah. You're just doing what's best for you. Yeah. Yeah, because if we don't practice this law of evaluation, our tendency can be to want to go in and try to fix it. like to, And fix it not in the right way. Like they're hurting, so I want to take away their hurt. But there's a value in that pain sometimes. Yeah, something good can come of it, mm-hmm. or that person can learn something for the better that yeah. can end up helping your relationship. Yeah, I think we talked, it was either our, the podcast we did last time or maybe the one before. Mm-hmm. But there's, but whenever we are growing, when we're, when we are um, growing, there is pain involved. Yeah. Of all types of growth, right? So you think about physical growth, 
a lot of times kids will have, we call them growing pains. Yeah. You know, they'll have that physical pain in their body. There, um, it might be uh, you're trying to get more physically fit. You're going to have some pain with that. You're going to be a little sore for a while. Yeah. But then the results later down the road are better for you. Yeah. So we have to allow pain. Mm -hmm. Pain isn't always bad. And so we're talking, the pain that we're talking about today is a healthy pain. Yeah. The health, because it comes out of a space of growth. And so we have to allow sometimes uh, those around us to feel the pain or discomfort that comes from a boundary being set. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of goes back to the beginning of the Boundaries book by Dr. Cloud and Townsend, which is the idea of being responsible for and to. Yeah. And and so do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Do you remember all the prints? So, you know, we could be responsible to someone or we can be re- – and but we're responsible for ourselves, right? And so we have to be responsible for mm-hmm. – but when we're responsible to them, that's what we're talking about here today, right? Yeah, so being responsible to somebody would look like coming alongside them when they're experiencing pain that are caused by your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so, and then you're, but you're being responsible for yourself and setting your boundary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it doesn't mean we won't, we may, we may be able to sit with that person and say, man, I, I can see this is uncomfortable for you. And, you know, just acknowledge that discomfort. You could acknowledge how hard this might be for them. That doesn't mean you change your boundary. Yeah. That just means you're you're being with them. You're you're in the space with them, especially if you're in relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be healthy for you to be able to say, I can, you know, if you're in a good, healthy place with them, to be able to hear them out. Yeah. And say, oh, tell me why this is so hard. Yeah. yeah. Because if if it's very common and natural to be, afraid of hurting somebody's feelings and causing mm-hmm. that pain. But what ends up happening is if you then pull back your boundary and don't stick to it, mm-hmm. then you're just going to keep confusing the relationship and it's you're not going to get better. It's yeah. You're just going to stay in the same place. Yeah, it causes a kind of a crazy-making cycle, cycle yeah. almost it can feel like. Like, oh, here we are, here we are, we're doing this again, doing this again. But when you can hold that line, right? you know, evaluating what's happening. Okay, what is it that I need to reflect on? What is it that they need to reflect on? And give each other space to talk about that. That's a healthy dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so good for us to be able to do that. Um, I think another thing for us to kind of remember in this is just because someone is showing outward signs of being upset, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that what we did was bad. Yeah. And I don't know about our listeners, but that can be a hard one for me sometimes. If somebody around me is reacting, um, depending on the dynamic, I might want to comfort. Yeah. If they're yelling at me, I might want to run away. You know, so yeah. it just depends. Everybody responds differently. And you just might feel at fault for them being angry. So mm-hmm. you want to fix it, like you said. Yeah. Right. So it just depends. So we have to remember that when we're in that space, right, we've set that boundary, maybe they become reactive. Um, just because they react badly doesn't mean it's your job mm-hmm. to fix their reactivity. Yeah. yeah, And that can be hard, but it's a necessary part to let them feel what they need to feel. And that might be the time where you need to excuse yourself for a little bit or pull away or let them feel what they need to feel. Once they're in a better space, then that's when you can come together and work that out together. Yeah. It's okay to take a break. 
and give them that appropriate mm-hmm. amount of time to experience those feelings and emotions. Yeah, absolutely. So the next law that we're going to talk about now is the law of being pro the law of being proactive for activity. So proactive versus reactive, right? And we've talked a little bit about that already. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk a little bit about the difference between what is it to what does it mean to be proactive versus reactive? Yeah. So reactive is more not taking that time to sit with your emotions and thoughts and attitudes and you just react without thinking about any consequences. Um, Being proactive would be to take that time um, to really work through those thoughts and feelings first. Mm. Yeah, so so that proactive, right, you're kind of thinking through it ahead of time. You're not just jumping in. Yeah, right. not letting your emotions control right. the situation. Yeah, because sometimes that can be a, we're in a very much of a culture that where our feelings take lead. Yeah. And we can sometimes get stuck in that pattern of where we let our feelings lead us. And so when, when that happens, that can take us down a very reactive state. Mm-hmm. I think, too, it's it's a myth that your feelings – are the truth, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not. What I've learned is my feelings are a warning sign or they're a something to get my attention mm-hmm. to then find the truth, but they're not the truth yeah. itself. Yeah, so our feelings are definitely, like you said, there's something for us to wrestle with, Yeah, to think through. They're, like you said, they're something for us to go, ah, oh, I need to think through this. What's mm-hmm. going on here? Yeah, I'm not quite sure why I'm having this feeling. It doesn't mean that every feeling is invalid. We're not yeah. saying that, but not every feeling is factual. Mm-hmm. And so that's something we had to wrestle through because if we, again, if we take every feeling as factual, then we will jump into reactivity. Yeah, and look for somebody to blame that feeling on. Mm-hmm. That was another thing I just remembered too, taking responsibility for that feeling. Yeah. It's not somebody else's responsibility. It's ours. Yeah. We, yeah, we're responsible for our feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, while someone's actions can trigger yeah. a feeling or a response, it doesn't mean um, that it's there. We have, we put that on them. We have to choose how we respond yeah. and what we do with that. So, yeah, it's really important as we process through um, how those feelings affect us. So as we continue to think about proactivity, um, a lot, what are some things that when if we think about a person who is being proactive, what are some maybe the traits or characteristics that we might think of that a person has when they are proactive? Yeah, so a proactive person would usually be known for the things that they love, uh, their purpose, um, what they enjoy, what they stand for, and then the opposite would be the reactive person, and they're mainly known for things that they hate, um, things that they don't like, that they stand against, and are very passionate mm-hmm. on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, there's a little bit of differentiation between the two, right? Yeah. So um, so we have to be careful. And I think a lot of times we can fall into both. Yeah. Um, we're not time. saying that. Everybody's 100% one or 100% the other. Yeah. It's just sometimes we have more tendency. We might have a tendency to do one or the other. And sometimes it could be things that trigger us or experiences that we're having 
a whole lot of things can happen that can trigger those different things. But it's important for us to recognize which one we're in, if we're being a proactive state or a reactive state. To recognize, too, when, yeah, when those triggers are happening. Mm-hmm. Another time when reactivity might become really um, normalized for a person is if they've had a long history of maybe victimization or abuse or some type of trauma um, history, there may be a normalization for them to be more reactive because because for them that's become a necessary coping. Yeah. And so learning how to pivot that and recognizing that, oh, something just happened, it's triggering a response mechanism from the past – because I've been in the past in this abusive, um, traumatic environment. And so therefore, when this thing happens, whatever that thing is, mm-hmm. I become reactive. And so it's, it's almost like we have to really step back and take time and learn how, how can I not respond out of yeah. my hard places or my trauma so that way I can learn not to be reactive. And that can be a challenge if you've been through a long trauma or if you've had a history of trauma or abuse. Yeah, and I, I remember reading the other day too that it's um, completely necessary for a phase of time, for a little bit of time, mm-hmm. for somebody to have a, a, react, a yeah. reactive phase mm-hmm. for them to find their power again, their sense of power. Yeah, uh, You just can't stay in that place or you end up adopting that victim mentality for too long. And you start to see that in other areas as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because some of that, like you said, it's going to be necessary, especially as you're pivoting and you're learning Mm -hmm. and you're growing. So, yeah, so reactivity in itself isn't bad. It's just we have to be careful of how we use reactivity. Yeah. Yeah. So the next law that we're going to move to then is the law of envy. So this law, um, and I'm just thinking of the word envy. You know, we think of being envious or... Jealous. Yeah, jealous. Jealous is another good word. So I was just thinking, I'm wondering how many people use the word envy in the everyday language. They may not. But jealousy is a really good way for people to think about that. Envious of what other people have that you don't have. Mm -hmm. Jealous of it. Jealous, yeah. So when you just think, when you look around, you might be like, oh... And that can be an easy thing for us to fall into is being jealous or envious of what others have. And it could be in it could be in physical possessions. What are some other ways that you think people might be envious? Well, even in today with social media, mm. um, people, you know, they want to show the best versions of themselves. Yes. And so all the photos you might see online, it can paint a perfect picture of perfect families, um, nobody mm. ever fighting, just the best possible outcomes of everything that people want to celebrate, right? You don't want mm-hmm. to put depressing things on online. Um, but that I, I've known some people to struggle with that. You know, yeah. you, you look at, um, yeah, just these perfect models of people, right? And you're like, well, I don't have that. Why don't I have that? Yeah, because yeah, it could be a really easy – because it's easy to put up just all the pretty stuff yeah. online. But then it could set up this false sense of expectation of this is what should be. Mm-hmm. And so then we become envious or jealous of, man, why can't my life be that perfect? Yeah. It, it's You can go down a rabbit hole that way and end mm-hmm. up just not feeling good enough or worthy enough mm-hmm. in general. 
And so you see like what they call it, the um, Instagram life. (laughs) Um, You know, you see kind of the Instagram life of like everything is just put together. Every relationship you have is perfect. Everything filtered. Yeah, everything's filtered, right? Mm -hmm. So you have that filter of perfection and perfection isn't reality. Yeah. So it skews what we believe should be true in our boundaries. So it's almost then like we put up the expectation sometimes for others to have perfection in that relationship. Yeah, that's another facet. Yeah. It's not a realistic expectation. No, mm-hmm. It is not, but it's, you know, it's, it can be a really challenge of, especially like you said, in the world we live in today with everything we see around us. Um, we can even do that in areas of not just things and relationship, but also like, man, it's no, you know, like look at the, how far they've gotten in their job. Yeah, success in their career. <laughs> yeah, or wow, they got their degree, or I've always wanted to do that. And yeah. we start to do this comparison game. Yeah. So when we tend to um, focus on what others have, um, we can neglect our own responsibilities. And ultimately, it takes us to this place where we have this emptiness on the inside, mm-hmm. right? Because we're trying to fill it up with all the things that we don't have or we can't have. And so it leaves this void like, oh, I wish I had. Yeah. It's like, it's almost <laughs> like it leaves us in this place of, um, I think of like it's being like a, um, like kind of like a wishful life, like almost like a fairy tale life. I, I want all these things. And it leaves just, like I said, this void and we can't have it because it's, it's setting us up for a place of unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. Never being content. Yeah. Mm, that's a big one, right? Yeah. Contentment. Mm-hmm. Contentment and envy are kind of the opposite of each other, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. The discontent goes yeah. along with envy. Yeah. 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 Oh, Some ha- that's, that can be really heavy, right? Yeah. Because I don't think our culture teaches contentment. No. No. It teaches try harder, do more. Be more selfish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get more things. You'll be happy if you have all the things, all yeah. the money. Have the perfect Instagram, Pinterest life. Yeah, perfect husband, yeah. perfect life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All You have the 2.5 kids and a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the things, right? So we want to have perfection. Mm-hmm. We want to have what looks picture perfect. And it, when we seek those things that are not um, perfect, it it sets up an expectation that just leaves this big gaping hole in our heart that we just can't fill. Yeah. So we have to be able to switch to contentment, like you were talking about, being able to focus on what we do, what we do have. Find the blo- it's it goes back to that old principle of counting our blessings. Yeah. Also, it makes me think too. Uh, after reading through this section in the book. I'm pointing out that all of those things too, most of them anyway, that you're you might find yourself being envious of, you can also attain those things though if if God is wanting you to have them mm. and to put action behind. Yes, you're if you're envious, mm. which can lead to bitterness and resentment towards that person. Mm-hmm. Instead, you can take action to yes do more homework yeah. and finish that degree that yep. your friend just finished. Yeah, so it's taking it from envy to mm-hmm. action. Yeah. 
And I think that's a big differentiation, right? Because like you said, if you stay in that envious state, you're going to become bitter, resentment. But if we say, okay, listen, this is a goal I've always had is to go back to school to do whatever. Maybe it's go back to school. Maybe it's something else. Then set it up as a goal. Yeah. Don't just sit and focus on what you don't have. Move towards what you can have. Because God will reward that action. Mm-hmm. If you're participating, Yes. even if he gives you something different, a different reward, you'll still yeah. get rewarded for trying something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we don't know what we can succeed until we try. Yeah. You know, but if we sit and we focus on what we don't have, we're never going to try. It's never going to get you anywhere. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's so much we can do with that and just focusing on contentment, goals, where where are we going? What are we trying to work towards? Yeah. So then the next law that we have is the law of activity. Yeah, it's kind of what we were just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, those boundaries can only be created if you're actually doing and putting into action, mm-hmm. doing something. Yeah. So we can't just sit and hope. Yeah, without doing a little of the work and setting that boundary and sticking to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's not just in the goals of achieving something, right? Like a degree, like we've talked about. Yeah. It's it's um, being active and pursuing and pursuing the reasons why I feel what I feel. Mm-hmm. Not just going, man. I f- I keep feeling this really hard space, or I'm anxious every time this thing happens. Yeah. Well, maybe you need to take a moment and go, what actions do I need to take? to take responsibility, one, for those feelings, maybe an attitude, a belief, whatever that is, behavior, and then work through that. That's the action. The action is how do I process through? How do I grow through this? How do I learn through this? Um, Instead of just staying in that space of, man, that just happened again. Yeah. Yeah, passivity. Yeah, passivity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is hard because passivity is the easier route. Notice Mm -hmm. the sit back and hope hopefully everything will fix itself mm-hmm. and you stay being a kind person and you're giving to all these people but then you start to feel that resentment and bitter bitterness grow because you're not setting boundaries and you're being passive with it yeah and so yeah so it could be really easy to stay in a space of this is as good as it's going to get have you ever heard anybody say that yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then um not that we have to name names. I don't want to do that. But if you think about that person, because I have some people yeah. that I've known that have been like, man, this is just as good as it's going to get. Mm-hmm. What does their life tend to look like? Exactly where they, they stay in the exact yeah. same place. Yeah. It's like they give themselves permission to stay there. Yeah. And then sometimes, not all of them, but sometimes they, that you can see that bitterness or that resentment grow. Yep, I, this is what I thought. It was just as good as it's going to get. Mm-hmm. Never going to get any better. It's like proving their theory right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where that act, action comes in is we have to take responsibility. We have to be willing to do the work and to do the hard things um, to maybe it is going into counseling if that's what you need. Maybe it's um, going to a group. What are some of the things people can do to take action for their responsibilities? Or I'm sorry, take action towards their feelings or their attitudes and behaviors? Well, they could maybe journal a little bit to try to figure out Mm -hmm. what they're feeling, um, to kind of lead them in a positive direction. Um, 
What's a couple other ones? They could listen to a good podcast. Hey. Yeah. You know, maybe do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would for sure help. Yeah, that might help. <laughs> we hope. Um, yeah. So they can learn things, right? They could, yeah. whether it's a podcast, YouTube, they could take a class. Yeah. You and, start by searching for mm-hmm. something. Maybe it's um, have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. Somebody that's a healthy person, mm-hmm. you know, you need to find a safe and healthy person, which is something, if you don't know what a, self, a safe person is, we're actually going to be doing a podcast on that in a few weeks. Um, so if you're like, well, I think I know what a safe person, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Come back in a few weeks and we're going to have, we're going to do a whole podcast on how do you find a safe person? What does that look like? Who, how do I identify safe people in my life? Because sometimes that yeah. can be really a challenge for people. Yeah. But when we're because when we're processing through these um, these areas of growth, we want to make sure we're doing that with somebody that's safe. Yeah, it can be hard to find those safe yeah. people. They can seem safe and become actually mm-hmm. not being safe. So just to be able to learn to look for those red flags or just those confirmations mm-hmm. would be really helpful. Yeah, yeah. So have knowing how to do all that. Yeah, like you said, looking for all those red flags and how to find that person to connect with is so important. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have a safe person, um, again, that might be where you go, okay, maybe it, maybe I do need to go in for counseling. Maybe I do need to find someone to talk through. And that's that's acceptable as well if that's what you're looking for. Um, if you're a woman over the age of 18, you listen to this podcast and you're like, man, that's me and I need help to process through some things I've been in, um, you can reach out to our office mm-hmm. Just go to our website of peacerestored.net, and you can go in and you can find um, ways to contact us either through email or we have our phone number, our social media, all the different ways you can connect with us. And then you'll we'll end up getting connected with Taylor on our staff, and she'll um, you know, direct you in the, right, in the right way of what the next steps would be. Um, but also, if you are just looking if, – if we're not the right fit for you, and that's okay. We're not the right fit for everybody, and we understand that. Um, we're happy to recommend other organizations or other places that you might be able to receive services from. Um, so, you know, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. We want to we want to be a service. Part of the activity, the active yeah. part. Yeah, it's not just the um, it's not just the podcast that we're here for. We're here because we want to serve the whole person. Yeah, but you're right. It's part of the activity for the listener that like if I'm in a place where I need to do something. Uh, maybe my next action step is to reach out for help. Yeah. To find a safe place to process. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that also reminds me of another podcast that we have coming up called um, that we're going to be talking about is when do I need to when do I need to reach out for help because sometimes we don't know, you know. So um, again, we're going to be doing a bunch of good topics coming up. We're not going to be talking about boundaries forever. Um, so if somebody's been listening to this for a while, they might be like, oh, are they going to talk about something else other than boundaries? Yes. So we have a, um, some other good topics coming up. So make sure you come back and listen in as we continue to talk about other topics. But um, so that brings us up to the last law, which is the law of exposure. So you want let's expand a little bit about on the idea of law of exposure. What, you know, what does it mean um, to have that law? And how does that affect us when in relationship to boundaries? Yeah, so... The law of exposure is talking about those internal boundaries that you might have mm-hmm. and um, exposing them to the correct people. You need to be mm-hmm. able to communicate what's going on inside clearly mm-hmm. um, 
to address those. Kind of put them out into the light because in the light is where the healing mm-hmm. can happen. Yeah. Just, I love that. Um, that in the light, that's where the healing can happen. Yeah. Because a lot of times, even just in our own self, we want to keep it a secret. We don't want to talk about. We want to um, just not expose it, right? Because if yeah. somebody knows what I've been through, then it's going to be too much. Yeah, or, or they won't scary. stick around. They'll leave. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they might leave me. It's scary. It's all the things. There's lots of fear that can come up, right, yeah. with being vulnerable. Now, by no means are we were we saying that you need to go onto the rooftop and start shouting out like, hey, world. You know, it's more of like, again, it goes back to that safe person, right? Who can, who can I safely expose um, the things I need to expose, you know, that I need to talk about? Um, those internal, those internal boundaries that might have been crossed or those internal or the boundaries that might physical physical, the emotional boundaries that might have been crossed, you know, that we might need to talk about those to somebody, expose those thoughts. Yeah. So some of the internal boundaries that we might want to think through um, deal with relational fears, right? And so some of those relational fears are um, fears of guilt. And we talked about some of these already, right? Mm -hmm. Not being liked, um, that loss of connection. So there's lots of things that come up, right? So we don't have approval of others. Um, it could be, what are some other ones that you can kind of think of that might? Oh, just loss of the love or connection you might have already established. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fear of being truly known, um, uh, receiving the anger from the other side as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. All of those things can, you're, you're afraid of those things, but they can only be addressed within that relational situation yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so those are those can be really hard things to wrestle with right I, I, when you said the um being known mm-hmm. the thought popped in my head of you know i think uh, a lot of the women i've worked with i think being known is one of the things but i think another word that came to mind was being seen yeah or being acknowledged that can be a really hard place for a lot of people is i just want people to see me or to acknowledge me or to yeah value. I think all that kind of clumps together for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think especially women, you know, maybe men, I'm sure men too, but I, I, since we work predominantly with women, Mm -hmm. um, that's what I know. Yeah. Um, so when we think about our boundaries, um, especially since we're talking about our internal boundaries in relationship to being that law of exposure, right? So we have to think about how do we communicate well and how do we communicate those to others? So can you think of an example of how we might be able to um, do that? How do, we, how do we communicate to others about what those boundaries might be? Yeah. Um, I could think of maybe saying to the person that crossed that internal boundary to say, hey, when you said this, this is what feeling was provoked from that or just Mm. being clear that when you did this this hurt my feelings if that happens again I'm going to just excuse myself Mm -hmm. something like that yeah so yeah so I think it goes back to the idea of just being really clear yeah and saying this is what's happening with me 
Um, I I can't I can't stand this space with you when that boundary is crossed within me. And you may not you don't always have to use the word boundary. You could just say when this happens, yeah. right? Because sometimes it can be a little confusing when we use the word boundary a lot. I know. Um, when somebody doesn't, especially if somebody doesn't understand the word boundary, so it's okay not to use the word boundary. Yeah. Um, but to say maybe like when this happens, I feel, and I need to be able to take a break. Yeah. Or I need. You know, what is it that, and I, I would challenge you, you know, as you're listening to this, if if that's you, if that happens to you, think before this, you know, because you're going to have boundaries crossed, but think beforehand, what is it that you do need to do? Yeah. You know, what is it? Do you need to take a break? Do you need to be, are you a processor? Do you need to go journal? Do you need to go for a walk? Yeah. What is it that you need to do before you can go deeper? Yeah. Because if you know what that answer is be a lot easier to do it mm-hmm. when you're in that hard space when you're in that moment yeah because yeah, you're in control of what you do and how mm-hmm. you respond yeah mm-hmm. but if you wait kind of back to what we we're talking about earlier if you wait until everything's happening that's yeah. when we can tend to be more reactive, reactive yeah. that's so if we think about it ahead of time and we're planning it out now we're being Proactive. I know. Look at how we did that. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, so we want to make sure we're doing those things um, so that way we can plan and we can um, be able to address things when they come up because that reactive state isn't a healthy place for us to be in. It ends up causing usually friction in a relationship. Yeah. So if you can be prepared, you know you're going. You know that the boundary is going to be yeah. crossed. You already know that it's going to continue happening. And so if you can maybe find it helpful to just rehearse in your head the yeah. things you would say when it happens yeah. again, and then that way it would be like fresh in your memory. Yeah, yeah, because we have to be able to communicate that a boundary's been crossed. Yeah, because what tends to happen sometimes in relationships is we don't tell the other person. Yeah. That a boundary's been crossed, and we just expect them to know mm-hmm. by magical mind reading yeah. that you're upset because they crossed a line. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever done that. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm sure I haven't, but I'm sure my husband would tell you right, quite differently. Right. He'd be like, I'm sure most of the staff would be like, Ann. But anyways, um, it's that, you know, but there's times where we cross those lines, but if we don't communicate clearly to each other Mm -hmm. and say, you know, that, that was not good. That was not cool. That did not feel good. And the person may not have the intent. Yeah. They might be like, I didn't intend to hurt you. Well, that's, that's great. I'm glad that you didn't intend to hurt me, but the result was this thing. And I need you to, I need to talk through this with you when you're ready, right, mm-hmm. to talk through that with them to say, when this happens, when you do A, mm-hmm. I feel B, but I ne- But this is how it, if we could do when A happens, Different. if we could do this differently and you help them see what you need, yeah. then it can change the dynamic of the relationship. And it gives them the opportunity to right. grow and to fix the situation. Yeah. So, but you may need, again, like we were saying, is that you may need, when you're giving that example to the person you're in relationship with, you may need to first take a minute, take a breath, go for a walk, go journaling, whatever that is, but that's where we're being that proactive. Okay, how do I make a plan of what do I need to do so I can take care of myself well, so I can go back into this space, 
have the conversation clearly define to the other person what happened, yeah. not being angry and reactive and in a calm state. In a calm state, right? so important. Yeah, yeah. Because if you, I mean, again, we we both may have done this at a time or two in a relationship. I don't know. Not you. I mean, not me. I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm. I mean, I'm. You know, I do everything right. No, um, is that we? You know, you may at times get upset and start yelling at the person, right? Yeah. And start saying things you wouldn't intend to. Mm-hmm. But if you know what you need ahead of time, so when you're triggered or boundaries crossed, crossed you can go, oh, I need to take a break. I need to yeah. go for a walk and then go back into that space. It's yeah. so important. But you'll then start over time alleviating all of that anger. You won't yeah. need the anger anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So it begins to shift the relationship, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So can you imagine what a relationship would change to if they start implementing the things that we've been talking about? Yeah. How do you think that would affect a dynamic? I think that if you were able to start implementing those things, it it gives the relationship an opportunity to become more intimate, Mm -hmm. um, closer to the other person. And as a result, it could make you, you would then be, addressing those relational fears because, um, for example, the feeling known, Mm. you would have then shared a part of yourself with the other person and Mm. when received well and addressed, then you can heal that area. Yeah, I love that because when you can share a part of yourself to them and like you said, give the example of you want to be known, when that other person can hear you and sit in that space with you, and accept and hear and be able to transition with you and go, okay, I can hear and acknowledge the boundary that you need, and I'm going to walk through this with you, you now feel known and seen. Exactly. And now that causes intimacy, and that relationship shifts. But when the other person can't do that, it does the opposite. But it's so beautiful when we can do those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, That is, yeah. That's such a good that's a good place for us to end, I think. And mm-hmm. thinking about boundaries is how they can be such a good tool to shift our relationships into such a, something that can be so beautiful. Yeah. Um, so thank you for talking about boundaries with me again today. And um, as we wrap up this part of the series of boundaries, we're gonna we'll address boundaries again later in this year. Um, like we mentioned before, we will have um, boundaries in our classes on demand two coming up. So um, it is an important topic for us to continue to talk about. Yeah. But over the next few weeks, we're going to be delving into some new topics. So that'll be hey. fun. I know. <laughs> I can't I can't wait to do some, some more um, uh, topics. So again, uh, hopefully you'll come back to listen to our other podcast. And if you haven't had a chance to share this with others, please do so. But um, thank you guys for joining us today on our podcast. And um, again, just if you need to know where how to find our podcast, if you aren't listening to us on a podcatcher, um, you can go to our website, which is peacerestored.net, and you can check out, um, find our podcast on there, um, or you can listen to them on YouTube. Like I know many of our, um, many people have been doing, listen to them on YouTube as well. Um, in the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about us, you can um, check us out on our social media pages, Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, don't forget to check out our show notes and um, you'll be able to find all the links we mentioned additional content and a few maybe some few video links as well 
We're working on the project that I talked about, which is the classes on demand. And so over the next few months, you're going to hear more information about that and, and be able to find out how you can sign up for our classes on demand. Um, we're so excited about this option because it allows um, everybody the option to come in and receive mental health care um, as they're ready and go about it in their own in their at their own pace. So make sure to be watching for the announcement of that release date because, like I said, we're really excited about it. As we wrap up our discussion today, make sure to stay tuned as we begin to share with you practical ways where you too can seek healing and find hope. Join us on our next podcast where we will continue to discuss mental health and faith. So come back next time for transformation, growth, and power. This is Peace Restored. Peace Restored.